Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Scott Bashan, Director of Health IT at Littleton Regional Hospital. In this segment, we talk about how leadership at Littleton has created a culture of trust, what he's learned from CIO mentors and how he hopes to give back, and the qualities he values most in team members. Another area I wanted to, to get into a little bit is um, process improvement. I'm not sure if you're, if you're doing lean or not, but just wanted to, to talk about kind of what your philosophy is there as far as uh, increasing those efficiencies wherever possible, which I'm sure is really important in, in a smaller organization. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have lean training that's been provided and continues to be provided throughout our organization. I think the greatest part of that is that everyone's empowered to raise their hand and say, hey, I think we can do this better. I think we can do it more efficiently, and, and here's how I think we can do it. Uh, teams come together. They take a look at it. They figure out what the investment might be, what the return's going to be, and then they move ahead and implement it. That's one of the reasons I I love where I work is that your voice can always be heard and people trust you enough to act on your suggestions. So I can't point to any one department in particular that does it better than the others. Everyone just kind of does it as a a way of going about their business every day. So it's really exciting to work in that type of environment. And has it just kind of been um, ingrained in the philosophy or was it something that was introduced at a certain time or how did that work? I think it's a combination. Probably three or four years ago, it really became an organizational initiative, but I think Mm -hmm. that's because the right people were hired in that had come from environments that had implemented lean um, and saw the benefits. So, again, like I said, our organization is really good about allowing new initiatives to come forward. So those people kind of got together and discussed ideas, and then it became more formalized, and then it became an initiative at the executive level. So mm-hmm. um, that's just how we operate. I don't think necessarily people put too much thought into I'm doing this as a lean initiative as much as right. they think about how can we make our workflow more efficient, how can we make the returns on investments better, and it even works down to patient care and patient outcomes. How do we make that experience better for a patient who's in our organization? What's the littlest thing we can change to make them really appreciate the care and trust that they're at the best place possible for that care? Right. It seems like you have to have the right culture in place, you know, to kind of let this uh, philosophy really kind of grow. I think so. And, and again, I can't say enough about our leadership. They really place a lot of trust in the people that they hire, and they listen to us. Uh, it's nice, it's unique, and it's why so many of us commute to where we work. I myself commute over an hour. Most of my team commutes an hour. Um, and when we're asked why, it's because of the challenges that are put in front of us. It's about the trust that given and uh, the ability to lead and, and create new things. Right. Okay, so obviously a lot going on, as is always the case. Is there anything else that uh, kind of sticks out as, as something that you're going to be looking at in the next year or so? Yeah, I think our major focus right now is is making sure that our affiliation is successful, Um, Mm -hmm. really focused on giving better patient care for our community. Everyone's on board with that, and whatever it takes to get there, that's what we're going to do. Really the analytics piece, the focus on the CCO and ACO, focus on our community partners, the continuity of care overall, that's that's what we're focused on. So any initiatives that allow us to accomplish that goal, we're going to be following up on. 
as well, we're focused on how do we create other revenue streams. What types of services can we bring in that we don't have right now that are going to be helpful for our community? Uh, and maybe, you know, pull in some people from outside of our community because we're providing top-notch care for them. Right. Okay. Now, how long have you been with Littleton? It's just about six years now. Okay. And then what was your last role before this? I worked in the security field as a security consultant for a company out of Massachusetts and traveled most of New England doing that. Okay. Yeah, so um, that's going to factor into how you see things, and I'm sure that it has been beneficial having that type of uh, experience, not just in security, but also from the consulting viewpoint. It, absolutely. It's it's interesting perspective to be on both sides of the coin. Um, I've been back and forth into healthcare over the years. I've worked in the financial industry in my consulting roles. I've worked in every business that's out there, whether it's universities, local or federal government. I've been able to see the different ways that people do their work, the different needs in terms of security, and see everything kind of from the frontline support view to the build view to the business side. Uh, I've been very lucky along the way in terms of opportunities and in terms of mentors that I've had. So, yeah, it's nice to be able to bring a different perspective. What did you find to be uh, a challenging part about the consulting world? I, I think sometimes when you're a consultant, people look at you and think that you're doing that because you couldn't be successful in, in a role in a single business, which isn't true. Right. Um, I think a lot of consultants have a lot of experience and they just want to share it, and that's the best way to go about doing it. It's enjoyable. I like it. I do some consulting right now on my own on the side, and people say, well, you know, how's that going for you? I say, it's great, but I don't, I don't charge for it. And they kind of look at me funny. Um, and I said, it's, it's kind of my way of creating goodwill, of giving back. I have a certain level of expertise. And if there's a business that really can't afford a consultant and I can help them out a little bit and they're successful, you know, that's a good thing for me. I've been very lucky, very fortunate. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I mean, and I've had the opportunity to watch some, some of these small businesses grow to become really big, really successful, and that's just great. So it's almost somewhat of a, of a mentoring role. Yeah, I absolutely love to do that. Yeah. Um, that's what feeds me every day. It's great to go and design projects, but by and far my favorite thing to do is to create future leaders, mm -hmm. to give everyone opportunity. I don't see myself as a boss in terms of that title. I hate that title. Um, mm -hmm. People I work with know that. Don't ever refer to me as the boss because I hate <laughs> that. Um, right. I'm very much into leadership, but my leadership is, is beside the people that I'm working with. I'm part of their team, and my job is to point the direction and then get all the obstacles out of their way. So if that means I'm sending you out the training, I'm doing that. If, and it doesn't have to be technical. Sometimes it's a leadership-type training. Uh, sometimes it's as simple as time management. Any tool I can give you to be successful, I'm going to do. And if you have a desire that you express to me to move up in your role, I'm going to make sure that that happens. Right. Right, yeah, that, that's, it's really important for us. Uh, well, I've had, a, I've had that opportunity uh, for myself over the years. I was lucky enough to attend the, the Chime CIO boot camp. Uh, I got to meet and talk with Ed Marks, uh, Rod Dykehouse, Liz Johnson. They're just amazing people. Uh, Tim Stepheimer, 
just incredible people. And, you know, at any point I can reach out and talk to these people and, and ask them their advice. These are people that are very successful, very busy, but mentorship is so core to what they do that they're happy to give back too. Those are great role models to have. Yeah. James Noga, who's the CIO of Partners Healthcare, Chime connected us together so that he could mentor me. And for the last year, we've been working together. So I've learned a lot from him. Just very lucky, and I, I feel like it's my duty to pass it along. Yeah, yeah, that's a great attitude. And when you see some of the, the team members and, and you see potential, what are the qualities that you value most and in people who you think could become future leaders? Sure, a uh, desire to learn, uh, not be static, a desire to step up and take leadership opportunities, to volunteer. You know, those people that volunteer have a natural drive to do something more, and you want to feed that. Uh, when they ask me questions about my career, I can kind of sense that they're looking to, to do something different. So we sit down, we have a conversation. I help them map out their short-term goals and their long-term goals. We'll touch base and see how they're doing, and sometimes, you know, I'll push them a little bit out of their comfort zone. Not too much, not enough to stress them out, but enough to show them that facing some of those fears they may have, uh, if they can get past that, they're going to turn those fears into a strength and they're going to be really successful. It's just so exciting to see that. I, I have one example in particular, a person on my team, I was worried wasn't going to be successful in their role. When we really sat down and talked about it, I found out this person had a passion for customer service and really was trying to do the right thing. I kind of shocked everyone because I chose this person to lead our service desk. Mm -hmm. uh, she's done an amazing job. Um, she's turned around the whole attitude in the organization about how IT provides support. I have metrics to show it in, in customer service ratings. A little less than a year ago, on a scale of 1 to 5, we were probably at a 3, or maybe a 2.5. And we're at a 4.3 right now. So that's all due to her work. I feel very lucky, very blessed to have her as a member of my team, and the organization as a whole values her and values the support services now. So it's great sometimes to, to find those hidden gems as well. Yeah. And you have some military background as well, right? I do. I spent six years in the United States Marine Corps. I'm very proud of my service. Enjoyed it, loved it. After college, I enlisted, probably non-traditional for a college graduate, Right. And then about halfway through, I applied for the officer commissioning program, was accepted, and spent quite a bit of time as a, a communications officer and an operations officer in the Marine Corps. I can imagine that there are uh, lessons learned from that time that you still take with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, leadership 101, um, through and through, the Marine Corps is great about that. I was reflecting on it this morning, interestingly enough, in how I work in leadership now as opposed to how I worked in leadership then, I actually found a couple similarities. The Marine Corps is very big on making sure that everyone from the top of the hierarchy as a general down to a, a private is empowered to be a leader because that's important in accomplishing the mission. And I realized that I'm kind of doing the same thing. Everyone is entrusted as a leader that I work with alongside on my team. So they're allowed to make decisions. And we talk about what types of decisions they can make and when they need to go up and have more authority and when they can do it on their own. And uh, it's great because it, it makes things run much smoother. And I think it makes people happier when they have some feeling of responsibility and some feeling of freedom to make changes and make choices. So it definitely uh, was a positive point in my life. If I didn't have the responsibilities I have now, I'd love to go back and do it again. But 
I think I'm a little too old for them to take me back at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine that that was a really great experience. So the last thing I want to do is get your thoughts on where this industry is headed. I mean, it's been such a uh, interesting past uh, few years, and you know we're seeing so much change. But as the industry kind of shifts away from, from meaningful use and into really getting to that next phase, what, what are your thoughts as far as where we're headed and, and whether we're headed in what seems like the right direction? Wow, that is the million-dollar question or the billion-dollar question. <laughs> it is. I think if I was right about what I'm about to say, that uh, um, I'd be very happy and, and very wealthy. That's, that's a tricky question. I think you're going to see more consolidation. I think employing artificial intelligence is going to be a requirement because things are just moving and changing too fast. The amount of data that's available is overwhelming. And so we're going to need to leverage that in order to make smarter decisions. Analytics is absolutely a part of that. Uh, organizations that can't form data governance committees and uh, incorporate analytics into what they do are going to be at a serious disadvantage. I think we're going to continue to be challenged with security issues. So investments in security are not going away. And I think we're going to see changes from the federal government in the Affordable Care Act beyond what we've already seen. Hopefully. It's going to be bipartisan. It's going to be in the best interest of every American and and more so just humans in general because we really have a mandate to take care of each other. That's how we're going to be successful together. So that's that's definitely important. But I can say this today, and in six months, our industry is going to change again if it even takes that long. So you just try and keep up the best you can, talk with each other, support each other, and uh, always keep the patients first and foremost. Right. Excellent job with a uh, quite a big question I threw out there. <laughs> yeah, that was challenging. <laughs> it was. All right. Well, I think that about covers what I wanted to talk about. Um, I want to thank you so much. Uh, it's been great to get your perspective, and I really appreciate getting the viewpoint of, of Critical Access Hospital. And, uh, you know, I think that our readers are really going to find it very interesting. So thank you so much. Well, great, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. And, you know, I'll just throw out a shout-out to my organization. I'm, I'm very happy to work for them. Uh, I love the leadership here and uh, excited for the future. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.